Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. When I was in college, I remember wearing my lack of sleep like a badge of honor. We would brag about pulling all-nighters or only getting four hours of sleep. And I remember that it was so common that I would go to bed at 2 to 3 a.m. I would wake up, roll out of bed at 7.30, totally groggy, going to my 8 a.m. classes because for some reason, I always signed up for 8 a.m. classes and would stop at the Starbucks on campus on my way there, get a large caramel macchiato and pumpkin loaf and head to class to where I don't remember anything I learned in those 8 a.m. classes because I was so tired. But it felt like what you were supposed to do. It felt like this is what life is supposed to be. Now, over 10 years later, I cannot fathom how I did that. Because I am tyrannical about sleep now in my life. You could not pay me enough money to pull an all-nighter or to willingly sign up to only get four hours of sleep. In this episode, I'm going to share with you why sleep is so important, just a quick overview on that, and then my top 10 tips for great sleep. Coming from someone who has dealt with insomnia and many sleep issues, but now I am so passionate about sleep. So passionate about getting enough sleep every night that I want to share my top tips with you. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, happy new year and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of It Starts With Attraction. My name is Jesse True and I'm one of the producers for this podcast where we discuss how to become the most attractive version of yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Over the coming months and throughout 2022, Kimberly Beam Holmes will be interviewing experts from around the world, as well as sharing her own expert advice to help you on your journey of becoming the most attractive person that you can be. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and share it with someone you know. Get ready for all of the amazing things that you will be learning in 2022. We start off this year by talking about something that most people don't take seriously, the importance of sleep. So listen up as we discuss the importance of sleep in this two-part episode. People ask me all the time, Kimberly, which area of my pies should I focus on first? And the answer to that question is the one where you need to see the most growth. That is why I have created an attraction assessment. This free assessment is designed to help you learn what areas of attraction you should be working and focusing on first. This will be the foundation of your journey to becoming a more attractive person to your spouse, to your friends and family, but most of all, to yourself. Click the link in the show notes to take the free assessment today. Why does sleep matter? Everything good happens when we sleep. That's a complete exaggeration, but it's not too far from the truth. Our bodies restore themselves while we sleep. Our brains process things while we sleep. There are so many things that occur that allow our bodies to wake up the next morning and live our fullest life the following day 
when we are sleeping. When you're working out, your muscles recover while you sleep. There are so many things. Our creativity is higher when we sleep. We're better able to problem solve. When we have a lack of sleep, we actually are worse at paying attention to details. We increase our chance of having a life-threatening incident when we have four hours of sleep. That's even after only one night of four hours of sleep. There are so many reasons. I recommend the book, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker or Total Life Hack. Type in Matthew Walker on podcast and find a podcast that he has been on and listen to that podcast. And you can get the highlights of the book by listening to the author talk about it. That's something that I've been doing for quite a while. And then if I like what the author says in that 30 to 45 minute podcast, many times then I'll go get the book, which I typically get on Audible so I can listen to it while I walk because I love stacking my habits. So getting back to sleep. Sleep is important. And I went through a year, at least a couple of years ago of just waking up in the middle of the night feeling completely panicked or not being able to go to sleep in the night. I was struggling when the last year my husband and I lived in Austin, Texas. I remember that it for months I was having insomnia every single night. And there's nothing quite like feeling you're going insane because you aren't sleeping well. And so I really started studying sleep. How can I sleep better? Why am I not sleeping well? And I began to make changes to where today I there's nothing that's going to step in and mess my sleep. Maybe once in a while I may choose to go to a Justin Bieber concert and I know that I'm going to be staying up till 10 or 11, but that is a once every three to four months, maybe even once every six months or a year that I will choose to stay up that late because I choose to have a fun event. But other than that, you are not going to see me up past 930. I'm going to be in bed. We are going to be lights out and we are going to be sleeping. My husband is the same way as I am. So here are my top 10 tips to getting great sleep because you need it to have a great life. Here's the first thing you need to know. Great sleep starts in the morning. So my very first tip is wake up on time. Wake up at 6 a.m., 6.30, 7 a.m. I really recommend it be in that time frame. If you go to bed early enough, then make it 5 a.m. or 5.30. But what you're looking for is that you are able to, to get, not just be asleep, for seven to eight or nine hours, but that you allow your body to be in bed for eight to nine hours. Why is that? I have something called an aura ring. I do recommend that people get it if they are interested in this, but it's definitely not a must have by any stretch of the imagination. I like the fact that I can see my sleep quality and sleep data from the night before, because here's what I learned. I learned that in order for me to get eight hours of sleep, I need to be in bed for an hour longer than that because that is how much during the night I toss and turn or I may wake up in the middle of the night to use the restroom and it can take me about 20 minutes to go back to bed. And so I really need to add another hour of being in bed longer than the amount of sleep I want to get. Now, in reality, I actually naturally tend to get about seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night. So I'm looking at wanting to be in bed for eight and a half to nine hours a night. 
And so this is how I not only track what time I want to get in bed, but I start by saying, what is my ideal wake up time? For me, I am now a morning person. In college, I wasn't getting sleep, so I was tired and I was not the best version of who I could have been. But now I know I am best waking up before everyone else really being able to have that quiet time in the morning. So I want to get up naturally between 6 and 7 a.m. I typically get up around 6.30. It can shift based on the seasons and when the sun comes out. But because I know that, I know that I need to take 6 a.m. and subtract nine hours from it, which makes it 9 p.m. I need to be getting in bed at 9 p.m. and waking up on time. When you start waking up on time, you begin to get tired at the time that you need to get tired. So if you're having trouble now saying, I could not fall asleep at nine o'clock at night, I can't fall asleep until midnight. Well, you may want to assess some things. Number one, what are you more naturally wired to do? Not what have you trained yourself to do, but where is your actual sleep sweet spot And I encourage people to find that by trying to go to bed earlier, because a lot of people think that they're a night owl, when in reality, when they begin to shift their sleeping habits, they find that they really are, I mean, they still might not be an early morning person, but they really do do better if they go to bed more around 10 or 1030, as opposed to midnight or 1am. And so I do encourage you to try to back it up and see how that works for you. But for me, I know 6 a.m., so I back it up 9 p.m. And I wake up on time. Even when, honestly, even my body does this naturally, even nights, the one-off nights I still have every once in a while where I have sleep issues and I don't go to bed until 2 a.m. And it's not because I'm up watching TV or doing things. I really am trying to sleep. But if I don't go to bed around... Uh, until around 2 a.m., my body still is going to naturally wake up at 6 to 6.30. And I let it. I don't try and make up that sleep that morning because I want to be able to go to bed at the right time that night. So wake up on time. Number two is to have a de-stressful morning routine. Many times we're, we're just so stressed. We have conditioned ourselves and the way we do things to every single thing we do is, I got to get this done. I have to do it now. Stressful, stressful, stressful. And that is not what our bodies are needing. I encourage you in order to get great sleep, you need to know that the very first thing you're going to wake up to is not going to stress you out. In fact, the nights that I get the worst sleep are the nights where I know I have something that I have to do early, early in the morning. This is why I will do everything in my power not to have a flight if I'm traveling before 10 a.m. Because I know if I have a 7 a.m. flight, I'm not sleeping that night because my brain is just going to be thinking I have to wake up at 5 a.m. and it stresses me out. So I know I need a good two to three hours in the morning after I wake up of nothing planned work-wise or expectation-wise because it's my time for my morning routine. And because I know that that is going to be what I do when I wake up, it's easier to fall asleep because I know I'm not stressed out about something I'm already anticipating for the first thing in the morning. I don't do breakfast dates. I don't meet people for coffee early in the morning because it's going to affect my sleep. And I've made that a boundary in my life. I don't answer my phone for anyone other than maybe my mom, if she calls more than two times, (laughs) I won't talk to people that I don't need to talk to 
before 9 a.m. I need that three hours for me. So have a de-stressful morning routine. And I highly recommend you don't even touch your phone until at least an hour after you wake up. For me, the first thing I do, I get up, I make my cup of coffee, I read my Bible, I pray, I may, I might meditate or journal, but I want to start my morning there, knowing what God loves about me, knowing who I am in Christ before I look at anything that the world expects from me. And then of course, I get my workout in, I might listen to some podcasts, but I get to choose what I do during that time. Now you might be saying, Kimberly, I'm a single mom. I can't do that. My kids are going to wake up and I completely understand. This might need to look a little different for you. Maybe you intentionally begin to wake up an hour before your children so you have that time. Or maybe you're okay with waking up at the same time as your kids and that is what is de-stressful for you. Being able to cuddle with them in the morning, have some fun. But I do recommend that at some time during your day, you find that time that it can be for just you. My third tip is to get 15 to 20 minutes of sunlight as early as you can in the morning. Now, the reason for that is actually because when we see bright sunlight, it starts helping to reset our circadian rhythm. Our brain then realizes it's morning and this is when morning is and it begins that 24 to 25 hour circadian rhythm that our bodies naturally set to. It is not 24 set hours for every person. Sometimes the circadian rhythm can be a little bit off and so that's why sometimes people's sleep fluctuates a little bit. However, the best thing you can do to start that circadian rhythm and to get melatonin to begin to produce in your body is getting sunlight early in the morning. So get outside, even if you just sit outside, even if it is winter, you still need to go outside, no sunglasses. And I'm not saying stare directly at the sun, but you need to let your eyes see outside, not inside, outside that it is morning. That's why I like to do my morning walks because I'm doing that and walking and probably listening to a podcast or an audiobook. So I'm getting all of these great things in at the same time. Also, I noticed that when I hurt my foot, which is currently as of this recording still hurt, my sleep began to suffer. And I realized it's because I'm not getting outside and getting my morning walks. So I got a knee scooter and I am now getting my morning walks on my knee scooter because I need that sunlight to sleep well. My fourth tip is stop drinking coffee when it hits 12 noon. I know there's going to be some of you who say, but coffee doesn't affect me. I could have coffee at 9 p.m. and absolutely nothing would happen. There are a very few amount of people that actually are not affected by coffee. Most of us have just been so using so much of this drug, caffeine is a drug, that we are used to it and therefore our bodies have become desensitized, but that doesn't mean it's not still affecting what our bodies are doing. Because you see, here is what caffeine does. It is an adenosine blocker. Adenosine is what naturally occurs in our body as we begin to get tired. And adenosine goes into our brains, it starts to build up, and it helps our body to realize that we're we're tired, it helps us to sleep. But when you drink caffeine, the caffeine actually moves in and blocks that adenosine from being able to go in to make us tired. And so it builds up over time. 
And so if you continue to drink coffee into the afternoon and at night, then at night when your body naturally is tired and wanting to sleep, then you're not feeling it because the coffee has blocked it. But the adenosine is still building up in your system. And so this is what creates this need for coffee when we wake up. So you've drank it into the afternoon, maybe in the evening. You don't feel tired because you've blocked your body's ability to feel that. So you're not going to bed until midnight, 1 p.m., because coffee has a half-life of, I believe, two hours. So it even takes four to six hours to get out of your system completely. And for some people like me, I am more sensitive to the caffeine that is in coffee or anything that's caffeinated. And for me, if I drink too much coffee, it will stay in my system for a couple of days. And so I really am very strict about only drinking a small amount of coffee and I don't drink any coffee after 9 a.m. But I recommend people don't drink any after noon because you start messing with your body's natural sleep process after that. And so the people who are drinking it late into the night, they don't feel tired. By the time the coffee leaves their system, the adenosine is so built up, they're so tired that they go to sleep, but they're not getting enough sleep because they have to wake up typically in order to get to work or to take kids to school or whatever. And so guess what? you need coffee because you're so tired because you have all this adenosine in your system. And so then you just ha- you just keep doing the cycle. I recommend once for a couple of days or maybe a week, every quarter, or at least once a year, you stop coffee. You don't drink any of it. If you have to still have something in the morning, switch to tea, green tea, black tea, but stop with the coffee and just see how it changes. Yes, you will experience withdrawal symptoms, probably headaches for a couple of days, but just see what changes before you add it back in. And then you can begin to see how sensitive you are to the caffeine in your coffee. So that is number four, stop the coffee before noon. My fifth tip is get exercise, but not too close to bedtime. When we exercise, we actually bring a lot of blood flow through our bodies. And so it can really help to wake us up. That's one reason I love working out early in the morning, because not only does it help me relieve any tension that might be there from the night before or the day before, but it really allows me to be mentally alert for the day to come. But there's some people who prefer an afternoon workout, or maybe you can't work out until right after work. That's fine, but really allow yourself at least three hours for your body to cool down after a workout before going to bed. You see, our bodies naturally become more tired and can sleep better when our internal core temperature is lowest. And so after you work out, you're hot. You you have heated up your muscles, your internal core, all of that. You're just more you're more warm, you're warmer. And so allow that time for your body to cool off. Now you might be thinking, but I've heard that if you take a warm bath close to bed, it can help you to actually cool down more. And that is true. When you get out of that warm bath, since you've actually, you're putting a cool body into a warm bath there. And when you step out, then it helps your body temperature drop I don't really know how this works, but this is how it's been explained to me. It helps your internal body temperature drop because you're trying to acclimate back to the temperature outside of the bathtub. 
but it is not the same. Like you can't take that same logic and say, well, I'm just going to run five miles before bed because you're actually internally heating yourself. So it's, it's different. It's not going to automatically cool you off. You want to be as cool as you can. So get exercise. It will help you sleep, but don't get the exercise too close to bedtime. My sixth tip is to create an evening routine. Any parent would know that children do best at going to bed at night when there is an evening routine, a predictable plan of what's going to happen to really set their body's expectation that we are about to go to bed. We need it as adults as well. We need that time and that that routine to know this is my time to wind down and to get ready for bed. So my routine is after I end work, I will start dinner for my family. We'll eat together. And then we begin to, we might watch a couple of shows together as a family. Rob and I will typically, after the kids go to bed, we will watch a show together. Uh, Before we put the kids to bed, we typically do a reading, like a Bible reading. We do our prayers, tuck in the kids, and then Rob and I will have some time to either talk or watch something. And then we are shutting it down. We're getting ready for bed and we are getting in bed. Sometimes we'll read in bed. Sometimes we'll just talk for a couple of minutes in bed before we actually cool down. But there's, it happens that way every night. There is a routine. For some of you, I have a friend who she loves taking a bath. Every single night she takes a bath and that is her way to wind down. You may want to journal, you may have a meditation routine, but I encourage you to find something that you will do before going to bed that can help your body predict you're about to go to bed. So those are my first six of my top 10 tips for great sleep. Number one, wake up on time. Number two, have a de-stressful morning routine. Number three, get 15 to 20 minutes of sunlight as soon as you wake up. Number four, stop drinking coffee or anything caffeinated before noon. And just a side note to that is also don't drink alcohol super late into the night either. Can totally mess with your restorative sleep. Number five is to get exercise, but not too close to bedtime. And then number six is to create an evening routine. In the next episode next week, I'm going to finish out this list with my last four tips for a great night's sleep. You don't want to miss these because they are really key into what has been helpful for me. But then I'm also going to cover some bonus tips of what you can do if you wake up in the middle of the night and have a hard time getting back to sleep. So be sure to leave a review of the podcast. If you're loving it, I would love to hear from you. And My key takeaway for you today is which one of these tips are you going to implement starting now? Pick at least one, commit to it for at least a week and see if it makes a difference in your sleep. And then when we meet back together next week, I'm going to ask how it went and you can mentally respond to me. And then you're going to learn the next tips that I have. So you can try a new one that you can commit to next week and see if that improves your sleep even more. We'll see you next time. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to follow It Starts With Attraction anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. The more positive reviews we get, the more positive change we can make for relationships and for individuals around the world. 
For show notes, updates, and the opportunity to join our email list for encouraging weekly strategies for you to become the best that you can be in all areas of your pies, go to piesuniversity.com. Again, that is piesuniversity.com. Keep working on your pies and always remember it starts with attraction.